have an amazing topic before us this evening, and I thought about ways for how it could be described. You could think of it as a, a secret. You could think of it as a secret of the Christian life. You could also think of it as a cheat code. Man, this thing sounds so good, it almost seems unfair. You could think of it as a life hack for the Christian life as well. It promises big. It has amazing promises for the life of the believer. It's what makes your food tasty. It's what brings young love to an old marriage. It's what brings amazing purity to the depths of the heart. It's what gives encouragement in all seasons. And it can bring ministry to every kind of person there is. This is extraordinary. It's something that I want more of in my life. And if you're honest, man, those sound like good things. You want those as well. What, what is that? What is this, this, this thing that we are called as believers to put on that promises so much to us? It is Thanksgiving. I want to talk to you tonight about Thanksgiving. We have a great opportunity to talk about Thanksgiving, not during Thanksgiving. We get to talk about it during Easter, which makes it even more interesting. The heart of Thanksgiving is the prize to the one who finds it. It completely transforms the life of the one who has it. I want to do just two things, just simple things. First, I want the description. I want to see a description of the thankful life. We're going to kind of follow uh, just kind of just what does the Bible say about Thanksgiving? Uh, how does it describe it? And then just in conclusion, a little, a little bit of a notes on prescription of the thankful life. How can I put these things on in my life? So first, let's look at the description. I'm going to break this down in, in several ways. Um, don't just take down in your notes the description and the prescription. You will be completely, that won't help you at all. Uh, take down these, these notes that I want you to see. I want to just kind of just do a quick little biblical uh, understanding of what Thanksgiving is. Uh, number one, when we think about Thanksgiving, we see in the Bible that you must always be thankful. It is a command that we see all throughout the Bible. You must always be thankful. It is your calling, you could say, as a believer. You are called by God to a thankful life. You must always be thankful. First Thessalonians 5, uh, 17 and 18 are very clear on this. Uh, Paul says to the Thessalonians, Pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you. Give thanks in all circumstances. And, you know, when you examine the Bible, when you're looking for topics in the Bible, you also kind of want to ask yourself, who, who is a model of this? Uh, who really shows this a lot? And, and, of course, you could point to the Lord Jesus Christ as someone who is thankful. But I think someone in the Bible that is particularly thankful and always comes to my mind when I think about Thanksgiving is the Apostle Paul himself. He wrote those words, but the Apostle Paul also lived those words. He shows us through his life 
that you must always be thankful. He shows us in his life that it doesn't matter where you are. I just preached last Sunday night on on uh, the letter to the Philippians, and, and we see him praying and, and singing hymns of praise to God in a prison after he had been beaten with rods and he was put in stocks and was in prison at midnight with Silas, praising God. We also see in the letter to the Philippians, Philippians 1.12, that he could look at every situation with thanksgiving. So, it doesn't matter where he was. It also, we see, it doesn't matter who you're with. You need to be thankful in all situations. It doesn't matter who you're with. Paul, of course, could give thanks for the Corinthian church. Paul, of course, in 1 Timothy 2, uh, said some incredible things about government leaders, people who perhaps were giving him a hard time or would give him a hard time, maybe even lead to persecution. He told the church of Ephesus in 1 Timothy 2 to pray for, intercede for, and offer up thanksgiving for kings and government leaders. There wasn't anyone that that Paul, in one sense or another, didn't give thanks for. Why always? Why are we called to always give thanks? Well, it says there in 1 Thessalonians 5, it tells you why. This is God's will for your life, right? This is, this is what God would have you do. In every season of your life, you are actually called to a holy calling. You have a vocation, you could say, as the, the reformers used to say. And, and your calling is not so much what you do, as much as it is who you are and what attitude you have. And one of the attitudes that a believer has to have, as our series is discussing, is the attitude of thanksgiving. We're called in every situation to give thanks. Uh, another way to say this is a, a Christian a Christian never, never has an option but to give thanks to God, right? We are never to look at ourselves as helpless victims of our circumstances. We're to look at our, ourselves and our situation as something in which we are called by God to give thanks to him for. Thanksgiving is a perspective that you have in all situations. The heart of Thanksgiving also doesn't depend at all, as you see, on your circumstances. And, and that kind of leads to our, our next point. You must always be thankful. That's what we learn from Scripture, particularly First Thessalonians. But we also see in Scripture that you can always be thankful. You, you can fulfill this high calling. Maybe some of you are, are asking in your own mind and heart, I don't think I can be thankful in all situations. Have you seen my situations? Have you seen my schoolwork? Have you seen this really difficult relationship that I'm in? Have you, have you seen my parents? Something like that. But actually, the Bible tells us not only that we must be thankful, but secondly, we can always be thankful. We can. Now, this is where we get really briefly into a little bit of, of uh, legwork here. The Old Testament word for thanksgiving, to put it one way, doesn't exist. There is no specific word for thanksgiving. There is a word that is translated as thanksgiving, but there isn't a word all by itself that means thanksgiving all the time. There, 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 is, there is this one word that can be translated confess, praise, acknowledge, 
and thanks. And that's kind of what Thanksgiving is. Thanksgiving in the, the biblical mindset isn't necessarily just thanking, thanking. It actually has, has a mind to it. It is acknowledging something. Biblical Thanksgiving is acknowledging who God is and what he is doing in every moment of the life. That is how the biblical mind thinks about Thanksgiving. It's acknowledging something. That's what the word is. I'm acknowledging the character of God, the work of God in every situation. So you can give thanks in all circumstances if we understand the way the biblical word works. You could even say it like this. Thanksgiving is the result of truth. Thanksgiving is the result of truth that you know about God. If you don't know anything about God, you can't give thanks in all circumstances. But if you know about God, you can give thanks in all circumstances. Just a few examples of this, like in the Old Old Testament particularly, this is a massive theme, thanksgiving to God, that's acknowledging truth about God and also acknowledging truth about yourself. That's all wrapped into this idea of thanksgiving. Um, there are two psalms that are dedicated to the refrain, which is a, a line that repeats itself all throughout the psalm of just thanking God. You may be familiar with Psalm 107 or Psalm 136. Uh, it repeats this refrain throughout it. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. His loyal love endures forever. His unchanging love is with us forever. That's why we can give thanks to God in every situation because of who God is. You could apply this very easily to your own life. You could say to yourself, when I am unsure, I can give thanks to God because I know that he is not. Because I know that he is a rock, as it says in Psalm 18. When you feel weak, you can give thanks to God because you know that he is strong. As a matter of fact, it says in 2 Corinthians 12 that he shows his strength in your weakness. When you feel guilty, ashamed, when you feel like a sinner, you can give thanks to God because you can remember the truth about God that he is righteous. He is never sinful like you. And he is faithful and he is just too, as it says in 1 John 1, forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. When you feel anxious, you can affirm what it says in 1 Peter 5 and Philippians 4. That your God hears it all, and you can give thanks to him for hearing all of your anxieties, all of your cares. Matter of fact, caring for you in all of it. And you can also thank him for being in control of all of it. You can be thankful to God in all circumstances, because your God is a God that is everywhere, all-powerful, in control. And you know him personally. By the way, uh, to the Old Testament mind and New Testament mind, to the Bible, to the Bible mind, Thanksgiving wasn't something you just did, though. It wasn't something you just did for you to kind of help you with your problem. Really, truly, truly to understand Thanksgiving, you, you have to understand that Thanksgiving is really ultimately always required of us because God deserves it. God deserves it. You know, in the Old Testament, they used to have priests that were appointed. 
to offer praise and thanksgiving to God morning and evening. That was just their job because they believed God deserves it. Hey, I might not always feel like giving thanks to God, but God still deserves it. You must always be thankful, but you can always be thankful. To put it simply, you can always give thanks to God in all circumstances because you can always acknowledge who God is in all circumstances. That's how you can always give thanks. So there you go. There's number one. Number two, you must always be thankful and you can always be thankful. Number three that we learn the description, a description of Thanksgiving is number three, you dare not go through your life without Thanksgiving. You dare not go one more step of your life without thanking God. Look at what happens to the life that does not thank God. God. Turn with me in your Bibles to Romans 1. Romans 1. Of course, Paul is, is writing to a mature church, and he's, he's out to explain his gospel so that they can hear it, be encouraged, and also see that his, his gospel and their gospel is the same, and then they can support him on his mission to Spain. But he starts out the gospel by talking about the righteousness of God. And he starts out his gospel by explaining the righteousness of God against unrighteousness and how the God, God's righteousness is actually actively judging the world that we are in. Notice what he says in Romans 1, 18. And notice, though, the words he uses, particularly as, as I have described and explained and defined Thanksgiving. He says in, in 1, 18, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Notice, notice what does sinful desires do? What, is, what do sinners do? They suppress the knowledge of God. They do not acknowledge it. They suppress it. And then it goes on, 19, for what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. And then notice verse 21. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God. What does it mean to honor him? Paul describes it, defines it. He says, or give thanks to them, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Notice what happens. Notice what they're doing. They're suppressing God. And what does it mean to not honor God, not acknowledge God? It means they are not giving thanks to God. They're not saying this is a amazing creation that God has made and I thank him for it. And what happens? We see this cycle begin here in Romans 1. God giving them up to the lusts of their heart in verse 24. And then verse 26, God gives them up to dishonorable passions. And then we see in verse 28, And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless. 
heartless, ruthless, though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. Where does it begin? In a sense, you could say it begins from thankless hearts, hardened hearts that want to go their own way. Or, to do a parallel, turn over to 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, turn over to 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3, notice how how Paul describes it here, he says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, he says in verse 1, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving, good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Notice, what is the characteristic of someone that is turning away from God? It is ungrateful. Ungrateful. You could say it this way. Thanklessness will lead you to greater and greater sin in your life if you do not acknowledge and thank God it will lead you to greater and greater sin. It's a, it's a sign of great sin. Thanklessness, you could say, is the key to sin's trap. A thankless heart is a heart that is eager to sin or will move into sin. Covetousness, this desire and greed from within, is the fuel of temptation. And we'll, we'll see that in a minute. But I just want to point out here, notice... Notice the terrifying company that ungratefulness and thanklessness shares. It shares a horrid plethora of friend, friends and sins. and That is why you do not want to share. That's why you do not want to go through life without thankfulness. But let's look at another thing. Number four, you, you cannot pursue sanctification without thankfulness. You, you don't want to dare go through life without thankfulness, but you also cannot pursue the kind of person that God wants you to be without thankfulness in your heart. I want you to turn over to Colossians, Colossians chapter 1. We'll try to rest here in Colossians. I I wanted to preach the whole message from Colossians because thankfulness permeates the letter so much. Uh, Paul, of course, is writing to the Colossian churches that they might not be... um, Wooed and swayed by deceitful teaching, human traditions, worldly philosophies, it says in chapter 2, verse 6. And he is eager for this church to grow up spiritually in maturity. And he, he starts out the letter with a prayer for their spiritual maturity. And you see it there in verse 9 of chapter 1. And notice what he includes in this prayer for their spiritual maturity. And so, uh, he's talking about the, the testimony they've heard about uh, how about he, how he has heard about their testimony of faith in verses three through eight. He says, so from the day that we heard it, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Notice what is he, what is he asking here? He's asking that they may grow in their spiritual maturity. 
Spiritual maturity means you are filled with the knowledge of his will, but it's not just head knowledge. It is wisdom. It is skill in living that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will. And this results in knowing what to do, living a life that's worthy to God. Verse 10 says, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. The result of being filled with the knowledge of God is is walking in a manner that's worthy, that's pleasing to God. That's what we want if we're Christians. We want to walk in a manner that is worthy to God. But this results in something else we see in verse 11. This life of being filled with the knowledge of God and the wisdom of God results in spiritual endurance and also gives you spiritual endurance. You see him parallel this, this prayer of maturity with this, with this prayer for spiritual strength in verse 11. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. Uh, true spiritual endurance is, we see, powerful, right? You, you are equipped with all power according to the Lord Jesus Christ's glorious might in verse 11. You see also true spiritual endurance is personal. It is, it is him. It is his for you. He is strengthening you. And notice also true spiritual endurance is, is perspective, right? It is, it is patience with joy. And notice verse 12. It is giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints. It is joy that is rooted in gospel thankfulness for all that you have received in Christ Jesus. That is what spiritual endurance looks like. And notice how thanksgiving is tied into spiritual strength. Growing up, spiritual sanctification requires thanksgiving. You are acknowledging, you are rejoicing in the God who has delivered you from the dominion of darkness and moved you into the sweet, joyful dominion of Christ Jesus. And I'll just say this now, the whole rest of the letter, Paul is basically describing spiritual maturity. And we see thanksgiving all throughout the letter. Uh, Thanksgiving to God dominates the life that is growing and maturing in Christ Jesus. So, for example, 2 verse 6, chapter 2 verse 6, Paul says this, Therefore, as you have received Christ the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. No, it's uh, 2 verse 6, I have kind of concluded, is kind of like a, 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 a marker of the structure of the whole entire letter. He's talking about what you have received in Christ, and he's also talking about how you should walk in Christ. This is the whole letter of the Colossians in one verse, and notice Thanksgiving is bound up in that. And then uh, jump over to chapter 3, verse 12. And we talked about this last week when we talked about putting on things and putting off things. Notice what Paul calls them to put on. Put on, then, in verse 12 of chapter 3, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. 
And then notice verse 15. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. And let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your heart. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Notice, to Paul, thanksgiving marks the Christian life. It dominates the Christian life. It is one of those things that you must put on if you want to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. And then one more thing. In 4, verse 2, he talks about prayer. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it all with thanksgiving. What do we have here? What are the things that are joined to thanksgiving? Well, it is joined to being deeply rooted and grounded in Christ Jesus. You are deeply rooted into Christ Jesus. You have a solid foundation in Christ Jesus if your life is marked by thanksgiving. You have Christ's peace in your life, as it says in verse 15 of chapter 3. You have Christ's peace in your life with thanksgiving. You enjoy the rich experience of God's word with thanksgiving, speaking it to one another. Verse 16, your, your hands, your arms, your eyes, your mind, your whole entire life is dominated and directed and guarded by thanksgiving in your life, according to verse 17. Your watchfulness is dependent on thanksgiving in your life. The whole entire Christian life is marked and should be marked by a spirit of thanksgiving. And the Bible talks about this a little bit more, and I want to give you two amazing, specific applications, areas of sin that thanksgiving directly fights. Really quick here, turn in your Bibles to Philippians. Really quick, Philippians chapter 4. We'll, we'll jump real fast. Philippians chapter 4, number 1, Thanksgiving directly fights against anxiety in your life. The thankful Christian is not as anxious. They are growing in trust. You see this in, in chapter 4, verse 6, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We've talked about this many times. This is an amazing verse, but just notice there, thanksgiving is the attitude that acknowledges God's control. You're making requests to God with thanksgiving. What are you thanking God for? You're thanking Him that He is in control and you are not. You are, you are thanking Him that He has a wise plan, even though your plan doesn't quite make sense right now. It, it is an attitude that's always acknowledging, you God, you God, care for me, watch for me, and you provide a peace even for me in this moment that is surpassing all understanding. And another thing that Thanksgiving directly fights against is the area of lust. Turn over again to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3 says, if you have lust in your life, you have thanklessness in your life. 
Or to put it another way, thanksgiving is the attitude that replaces greedy lust in the heart. Ephesians 5, actually, 5 verse 3 says this, sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness, that's a word for greediness, must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness or foolishness or foolish talk nor crude joking, which is out of place, but instead, note this, instead, let there be thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the attitude of the heart that you desperately need if you have foolishness in your life, if you have sexual immorality in your life, if you have impure thoughts in your life, you have a greedy heart that needs to put off greed and covetousness and put on thankfulness. Thankfulness. A greedy heart seeks, desires, All these things that it cannot have, but a thankful heart chooses to thank God for all of the things that it does have. In the end, all we're doing here is we're just describing the attitudes of a sweet Christian. Someone who can give thanks in all seasons, who knows why they can give thanks in all seasons, who avoids crippling sin in their life, who is actively pursuing sanctification in their life, You're going to be someone who is sweet, someone who other people want to be around. And you're going to have a life that's sweet in and of itself because it's going to be filled with the presence, with the knowledge, with the sweet peace of God. It's the happiest and holiest life, the life that is thankful. It is continually face-to-face with God and thanking Him for all of the sweet things that you Enjoy. It is not surprising to me that heaven is a place filled with thanksgiving. Chapter 4, chapter 7, chapter 11, we see heaven explode in thanksgiving, constantly thanking God for who he is and what he has given. That's the description. I have one page for the prescription. So, real quick. How can you put on thanksgiving? Well, thanksgiving and prayer are almost the same thing. You put on Thanksgiving like you put on prayer. You need to be intentional about it. You need to have a plan. You need to have a place. You also need to have things to pray about. I I would suggest that maybe you go home and you make a study of the reasons why you should thank God. Just find a real good uh, concordance of the Bible and look up the word thanks. I spent all week reading verses about why I should thank God. When I am frustrated, He is not. When I am sure, He is a rock. When I am weak, He is strong. When I am guilty, He forgives. When I am anxious, He cares, and He is in control. I see all of those things, reasons why I should thank God, and above all of that, I should thank Him and praise Him because it is the honor that He is due. I should thank Him for His righteousness. I should thank Him for His holiness. I should thank Him for His strength and His power. I should thank Him that He is not like me. And here's another suggestion for you. I would suggest have speed bumps. Have speed bumps in your life, right? And I kind of went through that list right there. What would your life look like if every time you were frustrated... You had a verse of thanksgiving to God 
about who he is? What would it look like if every time you were insecure, you had a verse about the security of God and you could thank him for that? What would your life look like when you were fearful if you had a verse about the, the reason why you can thank God in all circumstances? First Peter 5, Philippians 4. What if every time you were discontent in your life, you had a speed bump for discontentment? You said to yourself, you know what? Instead of being discontent, I'm going to choose to thank God for all of the things I do not have right now. I'm going to thank him that I don't have that relationship that I wanted so bad. Maybe he has something else in mind with my life. Maybe he has something better for me right now than that. Maybe I'll choose to thank him for this difficult sibling relationship that I am facing in my life. Because maybe he has a plan in that, a purpose. Maybe there's something that I do not see that he is working on in me. And I will thank him for the work that he wants to do in me. What would your life look like if you chose to intentionally set up speed bumps for thankfulness in your life? It is what you should always be doing, but it is also what is always deserving of God. And here's one final thing. Have a prepared way to start and end your day. What is your prayer when you begin the day? I like the idea of the the priests being dedicated in the temple for praise and thanks to God. Just sets your mind right. How about this? In the morning, you say to God, thank you, God, for saving me and for giving me an opportunity today to love your future coming appearing. I want to be a person that loves your appearing. Thank you for calling me to love your appearing today. And at the end of the day, thank God for your weakness. Thank God for the fact that you do not have control and you cannot stay up for the rest of eternity and work on your school assignment, but you must go to sleep because you are weak human. Thank God for your weakness and his strength. That is the life of thanksgiving in the Bible. Let's pray really quick. Father God in heaven, we thank you for your sweet control. We thank you for the power in which you govern all things. And we thank you for the fact that we get to call your name and praise your name and offer thanks to you. And we pray that we would be honoring to you in how we praise you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.